When's the last time you saw her? Screw off, Mr. Hey, what is this? What happened to your face? I won second prize in a fight. Where was the last place you saw Deli? In New Mexico. Easy. I went down there on a job, a movie location. Something for Warner Brothers. Deli went with me. There was a guy, one of the stuntmen. Deli started hitting on him. When I left, she stayed on. What was the stuntman's name? Marv Ellman. Is he the one you had to fight with? Any message if I run into Deli? Just be driving a truck. This love I've made isn't real Shows me the rest love From this habit I can break Turn my back on you This road back home has Good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 84 of Dude and the Monkey. Uh, I am your host, Mark Foster, and I'm currently joined by my co-host... Yeah, Lauren, how are you guys? And we will later be joined uh, by the wonderful Noel Mella. Um, I say later, we've actually just recorded that bit, and we're now going back <laughs> to this bit. So we're actually going forward in time and backwards in time at the same time. Uh, on this week's show, we have a review of Annabelle, um, the spin-off of the film The Conjuring. Uh, we also have reviews of uh, Halloween, uh, we couldn't decide on the title, uh, we put Halloween 7, and then we have a, a raucous review of Halloween Resurrection uh, coming up. Fucking, I, like, that's the most entertained I have been ever doing a review on this show. Yeah, it, it, it was, it, like, genuinely. It is a good review, so, so stick around uh, for it. Um, but I mean, we don't really get into the film at no, all. No, we don't at all. Fuck me, I laugh. And I'm sorry if people don't enjoy it, but fuck it, I did. Yes. Um, so, but before that, obviously, we're going to do the usual bits we do uh, before the show. So you'll be hearing our reviews of that later on. Um, so, Ian, uh, any any new business to get to? Um, my PlayStation died. Um, PS4? Yeah. Already? Yeah. Jesus. What? What? How? Uh, I don't know. It, it just like I um, what was I playing the other day? Uh, Wolfenstein, and uh, it made 
a massive, massive loud noise when it was kind of like reading the disc at one point, then it wouldn't stop. And then uh, I turned it off, turned it on again, did it, went a couple of minutes more, same. Ooh. And uh, it was just like, what the fuck? So I took it back and they were like, oh, what do you want? Do you want an exchange? And I just thought, fuck it, nah, bollocks to it. This is, this is obviously some sort of sign and <laughs> fuck it. I'm just, no. Because like when I tried to buy one a couple of weeks back, I went into Sainsbury's and tried to buy one because they had um, it and Destiny for 350 quid. And I went up and they were like, oh, yeah, this offer's ended. And it was like, well, you still got the thing out. And it took like 10, 15 minutes. And in the end, they were going to honor it for me, but they would have had to, what was it? They would have had to scan them separately. But they, no, yeah, but they were going to give me like a different version of the console that wasn't going to scan. So it was like, it wouldn't be the same one on the receipt for the guarantee. Oh, and it was like, no, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and they were like, are you, are you all right with this? I was like, well, no, what if I have a problem? And the guy was like, well, would you take it back to this store? I was like, well, maybe, but what would I have to? And he was like, well, yeah, I mean, we, we can leave some like notes on our system. And it was like, well, what does that mean? It was like, no, nah, don't worry about it. Then I go on from a different store later, and then this, and no, nah, done, yeah. done. <laughs> So, um, so, so, yeah, so I'm, your, I'm, your PS4 adventure ends for the second time. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, the the first time I kind of had to because, like, frankly, we needed the money to. Well, I thought we needed the money to fix the car, and it turned out we didn't need the money. But I was just like, "Fuck it, then." And this time, I, it's just it's a sign. <laughs> um, yes. Um... So that was my week. That was that was your week. Um, how did your holiday go? Oh, it was lovely. Good. Uh, that, that, yeah, that was spot on, actually. Yeah, uh, Lottie is a big fan of the beach, which is awesome, and she was great. And yeah, lovely time. You um, hot tubbed the fuck out of um, your weekend, didn't you? I yeah, I literally did hot tub the fuck out of my weekend. Yes, um, literally spent I would say a good um, third of my holiday uh, in the hot tub. It was glorious. Yeah. Oh, oh. If any of you follow Mark on Twitter or Facebook, you would have uh, seen quite a bit of Mark. <laughs> yes, there, there, there was a shirtless Mark selfie. Um, the, the other place I spent the majority of my time, other than that, was in the shower because I had an amazing shower. Um, so I, I was, I, I felt, I've now felt weird in the week since we returned of the fact that I've not been having like five, six showers a day. <laughs> you are the oddest man. <laughs> Yeah, it was always fun. Nice, man. But, uh, yeah, so, I don't know, I'm back on the film bandwagon, like, no one's business. I know we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit uh, a bit quickly about, like, what we've been watching and stuff. Yeah. I've got a few things to quickly go through, I must say. Yeah, so, well, before we get into that, uh, we'll get into um, we'll get into some trailers. Uh, have you watched any trailers over the uh, past week? I've only watched a couple. Do you know what? I, I'm actually finding it hard to think of any that I've watched, in all honesty. So, uh, do, do you want to go ahead and maybe I'll, uh, I'll, I'll look some stuff up? Uh, yeah, I watched the trailer for American Sniper, um, which is the Clint Eastwood-directed um, uh, Bradley Cooper film. Um, it, the trailer's actually essentially uh, is one what looks like one scene um, from the movie with towards the end a few other bits kind of peppered in and around it um, so uh, you know I, I, 
I enjoy the look of it. I think it, it could be a, it could, it could have a, a, you know a great entertainment value to it. But it's a very strange trailer. Um, the other ones I watched, um, the what will be I think the final um, Robin Williams movie film, which is A Merry Friggin' Christmas, uh, which probably oh, okay. I would have guessed um, probably would have been confined to VOD but it might get a cinema release just to essentially have a lot more Williams in the trailer than he's probably in the film uh, it, it, it it looks at like the sort of thing where to be honest if it does arrive on VOD over um, Christmas I might get caught up in the whole Christmas thing and end up giving it a watch to be honest um, the other one is the uh, In the Heart of the Sea, uh, the Ron Howard, um, Chris Hemsworth starring kind of take on the Moby Dick tale, um, which is a you know, it's an interesting idea and it's an interesting kind of concept uh, and I can get behind that. But it's a really boring looking trailer. Uh, it very much looks more... Um, Dan Brown, Ron Howard, than it does um, backdraft Apollo 13, Ron Howard. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the trailer for this. I, I don't know, it just, it, it's not grabbing me. No. Like, just generally what the story is. I'm just like, I'm not really that bothered about even back going out of my way to see the trailer, let alone the film. Yeah, it, just, 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 the trailer's just not worth two and a half minutes of your time. Uh, and finally, uh, the trailer for uh, Black Sea, the new Ken McDonald film starring Jude Law, Ben Mendelsohn, and a, a whole host of other, you know, kind of, oh, it's that guy from that thing. Um, about a uh, submarine engineer or a group of submarine engineers that are all made redundant. Um, and one of them says that he knows where there is a Nazi uh, sunken U-boat that has a lot of Nazi gold on it. So they go down to retrieve uh, said gold. Um, looks really quite good, actually, uh, to be honest. Very much up for that. Uh, part of it might be uh, I have an, an utter phobia of the sea. So anything sea set just makes me go, do you know what? Yeah, I'm in with that because it's like watching a horror film for me. So uh, I'm, I'm up for definitely up for that. Um, nice. So, um, yeah. Anything you saw? Okay. Uh, yeah. So, you know, what what trailers have you, have you caught? Was there any that, that that you've that you've managed to remember uh, that have jumped out? Uh, yeah, I. Do we talk about Tomorrowland? So, uh, did that come out after the last show or? Uh, I think we might have done, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I've got nothing. Well, no worries. <laughs> uh, well, let's let, let's let's. I just start. haven't watched any trailers. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it's been. I suppose you've been on holiday and things like that. So, so why would you want to watch trailers while you're on holiday? Right. Um. Well, before we get into uh, our, our main reviews, uh, to keep kind of symmetry of flow for the show and everything like that. Um, Ian, do you want to go over uh, what have you what have you caught since we last recorded? Um, in like a a mini brief, what we've been watching. Uh. Yeah. Okay. So I'll um. Uh, yeah, I'll go through this a lot quickly. I'm just going to get the list up. Um, yeah, so since we last recorded, I watched uh, The Burbs. I watched the Blu-ray of The Burbs, which, uh, I don't know, it's The Burbs. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, 
a good Blu-ray as well. Um, look, the, 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 I, I, I looked at Blu-ray.com and they gave the video quality like four and a half out of five. And I'm not quite sure it's that, to be honest. But um, it's, uh, I mean, it's very good. But I noticed in some scenes it, it looked pretty... I thought it looked pretty rough, but uh, yeah, I mean, the Burbs is the Burbs, you know, we've, we've talked about the Burbs before anyway, but yeah, um, yeah uh, I watched Jimmy's Hall, uh, the latest by uh, Ken Loach, um, uh, a review of it's going up on VOD still, uh, it'll probably be up by the time you hear this actually, uh, which uh, was, you know, it was all right, I'm not surprised it's one of those ones that kind of played Can and like that was about all you heard heard about it, to be honest, it's, um, there's nothing really to it. Uh, well, no, I mean, that's that's a little unfair. I mean, it's just like, the, I, I don't know, the story is uh, a guy comes back from America to his home in Ireland while um, there are kind of uh, troubles between uh, Republicans and uh, and um, not Republicans. What, what would they be called? I'm oh, sorry. Uh, I've, I've, I've had a few drinks, actually. You, you'll hear me be more sober for in, the, in the rest of the show and then get progressive... Actually, no. Where are we in the show? We're probably well, no, 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 we're not. We're not. We're, we're, we're doing this before we do Annabelle. Okay, so yeah, you'll like it will cut to the trailer from Annabelle, and then it will be me sounding a lot more coherent. But um, Noel was on the show, and as a special treat to myself, I've had a few drinks, so uh, forgive me. But um, yeah, so and he, he comes he comes back home, and he wants to open up this uh, hall that was full of naughty. Not exactly naughty dancing, but the the, the the church thought it was naughty, and um, he reopens it and he gets into trouble with the local community. But some people want to stick with him, um, and it kind of gets into is he a communist or not? Um, it kind of ties real life, kind of like sad story stuff, to a very kind of generic way of telling things. The it's it's interesting in the moment, but it, it feels quite boilerplate in construction and uh it doesn't have the kind of the, the the kind of the meaty real feel that a lot of ken loach stuff does despite it actually being based on a true story um so i mean it's it's a very very mild recommend because the performances are good and the like some of the emotional beats do work pretty well but it's uh I don't know. I, I thought it was still a mild disappointment considering who it's coming from. Um, Space Station 76, which I actually very briefly mentioned later on in the show, um, which uh, basically gets a pass because of Patrick Wilson, um, who does a line in deadpan stoicism, which is fucking hilarious. There are a couple of scenes in this film where he's interacting there's one where he's interacting with a child and one where he's interacting with a psychiatrist robot, uh, which really, really, really made me laugh big time. <laughs> uh, the rest of the film is is pretty fucking meh. Uh, but I mean, like it, it very much apes uh, kind of 70s production design and stuff. And there's there's some fun to be had in that. But I don't know. Apart from Patrick Wilson, I found it, you know, OK. Uh, coherence, uh, which I I thought was pretty great. It um, played Fright Fest and uh, got some of the best buzz of Fright Fest. Uh, feels like a film that's going to get better on rewatch. I'm actually not going to say anything about it um, because as I think going into that film as cold as possible is the best way to go. Um, but is a really interesting kind of melding of hard sci-fi concepts and a kind of like 
indie kind of relationship drama thing, but um, that's all I'm going to say. Is Coherence the one that's um, on Netflix US? Uh, that might be Resolution. All oh, right, it might be. Yeah, it might be actually. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Coherence. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 very good. And uh, the last thing that I've watched since we last recorded that we don't discuss later on on the show, uh, Lucas Moonison's We Are the Best, which um, got some good reviews um i think earlier on this year but it's already on netflix uk um i was just a bit like shit that's on netflix i was looking for something to watch on friday night and uh i just thought fuck i've heard good things about that that's going straight on and uh it's great fun it's a story of these three young girls who um form a punk band in the 1980s and it's uh I, I, I'm not going to say it's best of the year material, which I think some might actually say it. Uh, it didn't quite strike me in that way, but it's uh, really, really fun, very, very charming, and uh, it's it's got a kind of like truthfulness to it, which uh, I, 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 I found a bit of a joy actually. So yeah, we are the best. Very much recommended. Ah, cool. Um, right. Uh, what did I watch? Um, watch a, a little bit. Um, I. You know, despite being away, I watched the Wreck trilogy uh, last night. Um, decided to have a Spanish-themed night, uh, so we had paella uh, and tapas and watched the uh, three Wreck movies. Um, what I'll say there is, is uh, the the first two are, are much higher quality than the third one. The third one is essentially a, a a very standard kind of horror film that's a lot more kind of fun-based than the first two. Um, but yeah, the, the the two rec films um, still hold up as being just great modern um, horror entries. Uh, they can almost be, and I, I don't think I've ever watched Rec Two as a standalone movie. I think I've only ever watched it as a direct kind of straight after um, Rec. So I almost remember them now as being one kind of longer movie uh, than um, than than that than than I you know remember. So yeah. You know, I thoroughly, um, thoroughly kind of enjoy um, th- those two movies. They're great, atmospheric. They feel quite gnarly, and they're just great movies. Um, also, um, when we went to um, the the cabin that we stayed at, we took the Blu-ray player um, just for because essentially we were middle of nowhere, and we thought if it if it rains heavily or anything like that, you know sitting in the cabin next to this um, lake that we were next to, we thought well, we can sit down and watch a couple of movies. So we took our, the Blu-ray player. However, sadly, uh, like a fucking idiot, I forgot the remote. And <laughs> and our Blu-ray player has, the only controls it has on the remote are play and eject, and it wouldn't let us play anything from it. Luckily, however, uh, the cabin had a DVD player in it. We'd taken no DVDs. We'd only taken Blu-rays. So the the first day, like proper day, uh, we were there. Uh, we went for for a wander. Um, well, not for a wander. We drove to and went for a wander around Bridlington and and found a pound shop. And I said, pound shop. We'll go to the pound shop. They'll have DVDs in there. To which Becky's like, they they, they won't. No, the, the, the pound shops always have DVDs. Some yeah, have totally some have DVDs. terrible DVDs, but some have great DVDs. This happened to be one that had a lot of DVDs, uh, including, um, and I'm not joking, probably two, three hundred copies of um, Black Swan, 
not in a case, just the disc um, on the on the shelf. Um, you could nice. So, uh, the ones that weren't in cases were four for a pound. You could have bought four copies for a pound of Black Swan on DVD. Um, but we did. We bought. <laughs> we bought um, twenty eight days later. Um, Gossip and The Stepfather, um, the 2009 remake. So we watched... Yes. <laughs> so we watched uh, 28 Days Later, um, whilst incredibly drunk at about one in the morning. Um, and, you know, it's 28 Days Later. It, 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 it's a great movie. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, we then watched during the day on the Sunday... Um, we watched uh, Gossip, uh, which is a movie that I like probably more than I should like, and Becky really enjoys uh, the James Marsden, um, Kate Hudson, um, Norman Reedus movie, uh, which is has a ridiculous, ridiculous plot, and it, it's a really entertaining thriller, and then gets to a point of where it just veers off into ridiculousness for like the last kind of the, the third act. Um, where essentially, uh, have you ever seen Gossip? No, I haven't. What I'd say is, honestly, I, I watch it because there's enough there to make entertaining. But the th- Mark, I'm never going to watch Gossip. Right, right. The third act essentially goes off where they all play a trick on um, James Marsden's character, uh, and they're all in on it. And then at the end of it, uh, they all kind of go off and they've taught him a lesson, and it's like. Hang on a minute. They've taught him a lesson, but during teaching him that lesson, he's admitted to not one, but two rapes. And essentially, he's got away with it in a little bit, other than the fact that now you're saying you don't like him. But he's still incredibly rich. He's still committed two said rapes. And all that's happened is that you're no longer like him, you no longer talk to him. Well, he's just going to move somewhere else and he'll get over it probably quite quickly. Um, so there is that and then we watched again rather drunk later on on the um, Sunday night uh, we watched um, the um, Stepfather um, which again is is terrible but surprisingly entertaining after copious amounts of alcohol uh, we also did watch uh, Hot Tub Time Machine uh, in a hot tub but we uh, we could only watch it on uh, a Kindle um with uh, and having to watch it through other speakers and to be honest i was more interested in the hot tub than i was in hot tub time machine because we couldn't quite hear it that well and the, the sad thing that i did realize was that even though i can't hear really that well what's what you know what they're saying i actually know exactly what they're saying uh, that is how much i have watched hot tub time machine uh but i have watched the time machine I, I still maintain it's one of it's one of the great modern uh, comedy films of its time uh, and I will defend that film to the fucking hilt. Um, what else have I watched other than that? Um, I think that that's that's pretty much it. I've not really had that much time to watch anything else. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that that's that. Um, so we're now going to play you a a um, trailer for Annabelle. Describe. 
Okay, close your eyes. I was waiting on this until the baby, but open your eyes. Oh my God, Josh! That's the one, right? You know how long I've been looking. I know. <laughs> there, she fits right in. John, wake up. Was it, it the baby? No. Next door, I, I heard a scream. I think something's wrong. Stay here. I'll check it out. Okay, you heard the uh, trailer there for the Conjuring spin-off uh, Annabelle. Uh, this is a, a kind of a spin-off from the 2013 film, was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was us. Yeah, so only last year. Um, stars, well, a lot of people that don't you don't really recognise, or I didn't recognise any of them to be honest. Um, you've got uh, who have you got in there? Potty McFit Mum. Really, do you think? I was I was a fan. Well, yeah. I, not as much of a fan as I, as I am of Caroline Flack on Strictly, but um, I, I I was a fan. Caroline yeah, Flack. You know what? She reminds. Yeah. She reminded me a lot of somebody. Um, who? Ca- uh, Caroline you remember Flack. Remember the girl or? who was? No, 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 no. The lady from this movie. Ah, um, right. What was the? Do you remember the girl from Eden Lake? Oh yeah. Riley. Red hair. Yeah, yeah, she reminded me of her a little bit. You know, she had the same sort of nose, that sort of quite straight nose. Yeah, she was all right. She was, she was right. very. Who the fuck's this guy? Just, just speaking, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I've just uh, yeah, I've just I've just gate crashed this. Podcast. <laughs> Hello, Hello uh, this is is Noel who is joining us for the uh, reviews section of the show. Um, say hello to the good people, Noel. Hello, everybody. Yes, uh, Noel of Adventures in VHS upcoming book, which I'm sure we'll get a chance to chat to him about before he exits the show. But you'll have heard Noel's voice before because he's been on the show quite a few times. Um, right, so first of all, who wants to go first? No, we'll let you go first, Noel. Um, did you, first of all, did you enjoy The Conjuring? I was, 
I was okay. I was trying to remember, actually, and that's never a good sign. I was trying to remember what my feelings were about The Conjuring. I seem to remember really liking the opening titles mm. um, and then just being kind of lukewarm about the film. Um, I think I enjoyed it well enough, um, but I, I went into this with, I wouldn't say lowered expectations. I was literally just sort of like, I would have been happy to take mildly entertaining. Um and, and and I think what what I got out of it was slightly more than mildly entertaining. I think I was I was kind of impressed by it. I, I had a really good time with it. I I appreciated that it didn't take the easy route on a lot of stuff. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it 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 had the right level of scares for me. And the audience, the crowd that I was with in the cinema, seemed to really enjoy it as well. And that was fine. Cool, cool. Uh- Ian, uh, what were your uh, thoughts on on Annabelle? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I was pretty much going into it the same as Noel, really, just, like, aiming for mildly entertaining. I actually re-watched The Conjuring uh, uh, this this week, um, and I, I like The Conjuring um, a, a great deal, actually. I actually thought it was a little bit better the second time I watched it. I will just say, Noel, that the opening title is amazing for the conjuring because it's yeah. just like text on the screen that scrolls up and then as yeah. it's scrolling and reveals the title joseph bashara's music is just like blaring and, and it feels very 70s seven, i mean very obviously 70s. that's what they were going for but it feels very omen sort of like that era of yeah i really like that yeah. but i mean it's the, the conjuring i mean it kind of feels like a quite a classy affair to me and it's also um james wan is a very very confident director he'd obviously made quite a few kind of genre films before this and this feels like him going right i'm really going to direct the fuck out of this so there's an awful lot of kind of like pushing like like pushing into things and the camera kind of roving around all over the place and then i think there's also like an intensity to the conjuring that is um i mean like famously the conjuring was rated r in the u.s purely because of like the terror element and um i i I think it's actually quite a, a relatively hard 15 as well just for how like full on it gets at times um, even though it is kind of full of like standard kind of 70s horror and later horror tropes as well. But it, it's it's classy. It's got like a good cast, you know, and it's got those elements. Annabelle, which is directed by the guy who did the cinematography for The Conjuring, uh, John R. Leonetti. I think he uh, uh, did quite a few of James Wan's other films as well. Yeah, um, yeah. He also did the Butterfly Effect 2. Oh, let's not forget. Fantastic. And Mortal um, Kombat Annihilation. What, did he direct yeah, did, yeah. that? Yeah, he was director of that, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yes, yeah, nice. Um, so I, I think here he he's kind of trying to slightly ape James Wan, but doesn't do it quite as well. Um, the, the camera, again, there's quite a lot of kind of like handheld looking stuff and there's a lot of like roving camera work, but it doesn't quite have the, the kind of the elegance or the, I don't know, the, the, the kind of the not not like wanking seeing see what i can do but just like sheer bravado that i think the conjuring has in its directorial elements uh what this does have though is i I think it's got enough scares to make it interesting uh it it kind of concentrates on extended scare sequences um at times uh the scene with the lift i i thought was and and kind of going up the stairs 
is, yeah. it, you know, it, I mean, we'll get into it, but, you know, there were scenes like that were fantastic. And I, I thought the initial kind of like home invasion scene was really well played as well. So I don't think it's as good as The Conjuring, um, but I, 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 I actually thought there was a surprising amount of work to it, considering its origins as a spin off to a very side character in the original film, Mark. Yeah, I mean, I I went into it with I, I the same as you. I I actually really quite enjoyed the country. I've watched it a couple of times, and both times um, I enjoyed it. And I, you know, there's also shades of the Insidious movies, which also I, I actually quite enjoy as yeah, well. Uh, all made, you know, by the sort of same people, uh, and they seem to have this kind of this good knack of making these almost kind of classic uh, horror ghost stories. And sort of, they're not, you know, trying to break uh, new ground or anything like that, but what they're doing, they're doing quite well. And there's nothing wrong with doing something uh, like this, but doing it well. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong at all with doing that. Uh, but I'll, I'll be honest, I just failed to get on with Annabelle um, throughout it. I think my, the fact that I didn't like a single character in the film uh kind of um i think niggled away at me a, a, a lot and i became kind of i found myself a lot of for the the middle part of it going and they literally just modeled that apartment on the apartment from rosemary's baby and was thinking yeah i want to watch rosemary's baby now and that's what <laughs> i i got through, throughout sort of like the middle and um, sort of um third of, of, of this movie um and then i i had a point where i thought if they do a certain thing in this movie, it's going to completely lose me. Uh, and then they did that. Uh, and what, it, what, what, what was the thing? All spoilers all the time, but it's been out time. for a while now. So. Yeah, my thing with, with, with it was, was if you see the doll moving or doing something else other than just having moved or be moved, if you see it moving by itself, it's going to lose me. I like I'm going to offer a defence. But they didn't do it, that. It's, it's not. Good. It's not moving by itself, bud. When it's, do you when mean it, when it raises up? It raises up, yeah. Yeah, no, there's, the, 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 the demon thing is it. holding it behind it. Yeah, I know. That, 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 yeah, it's holding behind it. But I wanted nothing to have been the doll just to have moved or anything like that. I didn't want anything like that. Yeah, but it's that's a bit like, I don't know, because I'm the same. I would have been a bit pissed off if I saw the yeah. doll moving about like at the end or something. But I thought that was quite good because I was thinking, oh, really? But they're doing it this felt now. It felt intentional as well because totally. they didn't even they didn't even let the doll blink because I was waiting for a blink. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll admit I was waiting. for And a I thought blink. at some point they get at some point it's gonna. I mean, even you know, all spoilers all the time. Right down to the very last shot of the film. Yeah. There yeah. was an easy scare there. Even a very they, very easy scare. They do the Just a turn of the head or a blink or something like that, and they didn't do it. They so do, they do the same. They do the same at the end of the Conjuring, though. So I was thinking, yeah, nothing's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, they do actually. Yeah. Um, yeah so, like, I, I yeah, I, to be honest, I would have been more surprised if something had happened there. Yeah, it, um, it was. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I was. I was waiting for. Play. I think it was at that point it, the film had kind of it, it, it had not lost my attention, but it had it had failed to kind of grab me, and there was a lot of. There was a lot of fake out scares within the film that I think if you were if it had got you and you're on board it'd be great. But when it's not grabbed you, and not pulled you in, it just makes you go, yeah, but nothing's actually going to happen. Yeah, I mean it's I, I, the, the thing is I don't know. I mean it's it's interesting. I, I I just thought there were individual sections that worked. I mean like the um, 
the the lady who owns the bookstore and that whole thing I could give a fuck about, you know. And I do think the middle third does it does kind of lose it somewhat. And also, I will also bring up, this might sound silly, but I thought it was a little bit of baby continuity that was a bit weird. Um, when yes. The, when the house burns down and they move. Yeah. How, I know exactly what you're going to say. Right, that was supposed to be, how long was that supposed to be after? Well, this is it because that, and, and there was a couple of things I didn't, there's a couple of things I didn't understand there. First of all, when the house burns, when the, when they, when they have to move house, when they've had the baby, it says like a thing comes up on the screen that says I can't remember where it is Pittsburgh CA or something like that. So you think oh they've moved to a different area yeah, yeah. and then they go back to their church. their church at the weekend and you're like have they travelled all the way back to where they used to live to go to church? What's going on? And then it turns out they've actually not moved away. So they're just just by flashing that thing up on the screen and saying the name of the city, it makes it feel like they've moved miles and miles, miles away. away. Yeah. And then you see yeah and then you see a baby which frankly looks to me about six to seven months old. I mean, I'm guessing, but she's, it feels she's like... She's standing the kid up, and there is exactly, no yeah. fucking way you could do that with a baby that is any less than, I'd say, <laughs> like five months old. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that really confused me, actually, I will say that. Yeah, I, th- I think the baby is maybe supposed to be pretty much newborn and yeah it is it is it's a big baby for a newborn let's just say that yeah well i mean she's standing the kid up yeah for fuck's sake you know i mean like the first shot of her in that apartment she's standing the kid up no way however however do you think you guys would have noticed that pre having children no of course not but we're not the only (laughs) we're not the only people in the audience who would have had kids (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I agree. There were the, the I thing think is, I was in my, to be fair, I think I was in my audience. I'm pretty sure everybody was. Actually, that's a fair point. Actually, yet. <laughs> Do you know what? Mark, oh, fair enough. I, I defer. That's a good. <laughs> uh, but then again, I don't know. It, it, sound, it, it sounds like I. In saying that, there, there were a number of kind of. Um, there was a couple of times where when I was watching it, because. Um, Becky, uh, so actually Becky, she has this thing of she can literally almost like photographically can remember continuity things, and she was like two or three times she went, her hair's completely changed from literally the last shot of her. Her hair is completely changed, and it, it, so there were sort of little flecks of that, which often are you'll find from somebody who is a a not often director. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, the film's pretty low budget. I think the budget was like $6 million or something. It's already taken over $70 million in the US. And, you know, it's still a couple of weeks left to Halloween yet. So fair play. Um, even though The Conjuring made, like, just under $400 million worldwide, and it's not going to make that. But holy shit, like, that's a lot of money. Um, but I, I, I do think there is worth here. And... Um, you know, I mean, like, so the early home invasion sequence, I mean, like, just the, the that idea and like they, they kind of set it up with him not like not locking the door and just generally being a them being a bit laissez faire about the security of the home. And then they really play on that. And um, I don't know, the, uh, the, the 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 girl whispering, I like your doll uh, dolls and then the, the other guy being in there and just the, the kind of the trauma related to that. I I you know, which is the, it's the only kind of non-supernatural kind of scare stuff in the film. 
but it's still handled well and it's probably scarier because it's more plausible. Yeah, I think the way it plays out as well, it does. I think for me, the strength of the film was that, you know, I think when I see a modern horror, when I see a big budget, big budget modern horror film now, I fully expect jump scares every every ten minutes, and that's not what I want. I want tension, and I want, uh, you know, I want to feel a little bit disturbed and a little bit stressed out. I don't want jump scares. And I think what the strength of this is that it, it builds up to it builds up to its individual scares, and it allows the tension to kind of unfold. And I think, you know, obviously early on there's the home invasion scene, which is really nicely executed. I thought the, the the just a bit where you sort of she wakes up in the night and you can kind of see beyond her into the house next door. Mm. I think what they do there that was really nicely done. I thought. Um, and then you know, obviously things tail off a little bit, and then there's the after the after she's injured, and things tail off a little bit, and then it builds up again to sort of stuff that's starting to go wrong in the in the house, and then there's the lift scene. So it's sort of it's almost like you know an action movie in that in, in that respect is that it has these sort of tentpole moments, if you like, that that I thought really 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 worked. I mean that lift scene, I was fucking stressed out. Like I, I just. When every the time the door opened, every oh, time the door, door yeah. opened, yeah. it revealed she was still there. I was thinking, "What's she gonna do? Like, what would I do? Like, how? You, why won't the fucking lift move? Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it was stressful, really stressful. And then, you know, from there, seeing her sort of run out and and have to get to the door, and while she's running from point A to point B, she's sort of like, oh, sort of thing. It's that sort of thing. You, it reminded me of the thing that you used to get when you were a kid, like. Um, if somebody was chasing you, just that feeling of oh shit, and hell, they're right behind me, and, and yeah. I don't know, I really, really bought into that. And, and that that scene also plays into one of the things I, I did like about the film that I was going in and I was thinking. And to be fair, the marketing does a good, good, good kind of job on you with this. Where I was thinking, like, it's going to be the doll's going to start doing small shit, then it's going to yeah. get bigger and bigger. The, the like the husband's gonna think she's going mad and no one's gonna believe her blah 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 but instead they actually do introduce the idea of like the the cult of the ram or whatever it's called and like that there there is this demon that is is basically trying to take her soul and I, I i don't know i just i enjoyed that it wasn't all like uh the uh that that anthony hopkins film magic even though i, I think that's a really good film but i'm glad it wasn't just that kind of played out again um, I, and, and I was surprised by by that, and like I say, I mean, like the trailer that gives no hint of that whatsoever, partly whatsoever. And uh, I, you know, I had a good time with that. And I, I mean, I also thought the ending was effective. I do wonder if the fact that Noel and I are relatively newer pa- parents than you, Mark, might be a reason why we were kind of more in, in, yeah, into it, the it, film it, as well. Perhaps. It could, could be highly, highly plausible. I mean, the horror often is, uh, is kind of dictated as well by atmosphere and everything like that. And, and kind of like the current mind setting of, of, of how you are and how you're interacting at the mo- at that moment when you're watching it. Um, so that's, it's a highly plausible thing. Um, I mean, for instance, the, you know, there were certain points where, um, like the lift scene, I agree I, that got me. The home invasion scene uh, got me, but the lift scene once she started running, I, I was thinking, you, "Hang on a minute, you left your infant baby like four or five floors yes. up in a room when yeah. you're already I a little think that bit when she got paranoid." Yeah, when she got in the lift to go up, uh, when she got in the lift to go downstairs to the thing, anyway, mm. I was a little bit like, "Why? 
have you left your baby alone when you know things have been starting to you just would not do that would you yeah it, it was stuff like that that made me go a little bit like mm, it, it, this feels like it feels like they've got an idea for we can do this we can do this we can do this and then they've tried to write a story around it and it, it, it theory it, What's John Arlianetti is not a parent based on baby continuity <laughs> and <laughs> the events of the film. John Arlianetti is not a parent. That's that's my theory. Highly, highly plausible, yeah. yeah. But it is important that there are a couple of key sort of moments in the film that, you know, if you are a new parent, they're going to. There's the, the. Even just the little things with the kids' uh, drawings of sort of the, the truck hitting the. I thought that was really creepy. I've not seen that before. I mean, maybe it has been done before. It seems like the type of thing that would have been, but um, I thought that was creepy. And then obviously later on, when you get the sort of scene by the cot, when she finally sort of loses a loses a rag completely and grabs hold of the doll and starts smashing it on the uh, starts smashing it on the cot, just for a second in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I actually thought, well, what if this is what if that's the baby? What if that's what's going on? Like, what if she's, it's making her hallucinate that. And then she throws the thing in the corner and you think, Oh no, it mustn't be that. And then I swear to God, this, this really, really, really troubled me that it was, yes, it's the visual of the sort of baby lay on its face, just the sort of lifeless baby in the corner of the room when it's making you think that she actually just did that to her own child but it's the noise that the baby made. It was the, the baby lets out this groan that's somewhere like a half between a cry and a groan that sort of, and it really, it, it went right down my spine. It was fucking awful. Um, I mean, in a, in a good way, it's effective. It made me, I, like I said to Ian after afterwards, um, by text, I, was, I felt sick to the pit of my stomach. Yeah. Just That noise just made me feel sick. And it, it reminded me of... Um, has anybody seen there's a Michael Winterbottom film with Rachel Weiss in it called uh, uh, I, I Want, want you. you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and there's a there's a moment in that film, and the, the film is basically about she's sort of hiding out from her her ex boyfriend who's a bit of a stalker, and then he mm. catches up with her and she you know, uh, but she ends up um attacking him with a hammer. Yeah, and she smashes him in the back of the head with a hammer, and I will never forget the noise that he makes. He makes the noise that you would make if someone was caving your brain in with a hammer, and that noise has really, really stuck with me. And I think in the same way, the the noise that that baby makes, or, or what is supposedly that baby in this scene, I think it's going to stay with me. <laughs> it's it's it, it was that bad. Yeah, I, I, it was. It, it's, it's, it's a very effective like little sequence that I, I to be honest I would have liked it if almost and there's not a nice way of saying this if that had have been the kind of culmination of this was just her kind of psychosis that had caused this and she had imagined everything and that was actually not a doll it was actually her baby but that that would have been a better moment but it would have also knackered up the whole idea of this being Anna, about Annabelle, that doll, and we know that really effectively that's probably not going to be the baby because it's got to be related to this kind of world that's been created. Yeah, I mean, they I... could have suggested that Annabelle was causing that mm. psychosis and causing that, you know, I think that might have worked. To be honest, I think 
the old me might have said, yes, that would have been a more effective thing for for it to do. But I don't know. I, I think it might have might have been a bit too. I can't believe I'm saying it. I think it might have been a bit too much for me, though. <laughs> no, really I, mean, I, 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 I will agree with that. I mean, like it's the like, I, I, and the thing is, it might be that in five years' time or something, it, it like I'm just back to yeah, whatever, kill the kid, yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, like at, at this moment in time, I mean, I'm 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 there with you know. I mean that was the one moment in the film that actually made me audibly say something. I didn't like scream or anything, but I was just like, oh, fuck that. Like when, like, like when she chucks it across the room and I was just like, whoa, shit. And you're like, you realize what's happening. There's one moment that happens in the conjuring. That's like that there where, which actually made, made me say that again. I remember saying that in the cinema and saying it when I rewatched it this week. And again, it's a kid in danger bit. It's the bit in the conjuring where the, um, the kids trapped in the room with the Annabelle doll. And there's just like the image of this woman who I'm assuming it like based on this continuity was like it, it is supposed to be Annabelle Higgins, like mm. uh, brushing the doll's hair and then yeah. the doll's head actually like turns around. Yeah. And like that, th- that just the idea of the kid in, in danger, seeing that was just like, fuck that. It, it's like the kind of the primal protective thing that mark has obviously lost so uh, i fear for his yeah. life but um you know it, it, <laughs> to it, be it, fair, it's to be that f- thing that gets me there i think to be fair though i remember seeing i remember a very similar scene in um uh push there's there's a there's a scene in that is it called push not push what's that thingy no based on the novel push by sapphire what's oh, that precious. Movie called? Precious. precious yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a similar moment in that that I remember being really, really disturbed by when I saw that, and that was, was a that bit was where long she before. eats loads of fried chicken. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, it just fully yeah. conforms to the stereotype. Sorry, it was a weird. <laughs> Sorry, but it doesn't. It like I think I had a sim. I had a similar moment in that film where is it the mother-in-law throws the baby across the room? Yeah, sure. Like that. I remember that. Um, I had a similar sort of reaction to that at the time, and that was long before before i became a dad so i don't know it's just just babies are a fragile thing and that's sh- i think you should i think everybody should feel a little bit uncomfortable seeing one thrown across the room or uh, potentially uh, having its head caved in on the side of a metal cot but apparently mark doesn't well, so, well yeah, I, I, actually we this is actually the second time in dude and the monkey history that i've wished a baby who'd been killed on screen because i think i said the same thing in noah <laughs> Oh, you did? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, so my utter baby hatred is just fucking coming through. Seems like, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I'll, I'll, uh, also, my favourite scene in a Serbian film was that, that scene. No. fuck's sake. I actually clapped during that scene, actually, and I'm not even joking. As long as you didn't wank. No, I want that. Call. I was. It was close. <laughs> I had other people in the room. It would have. It w- that would have got weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I. I think with Annabelle, I think. I, I think you guys definitely uh, got a lot more out of it than I. I did. Um. Uh, there was just wasn't enough baby killing in it for me. Um. Certainly. Um. So I, I, I'm not going to go over any of the bits that I didn't like because I like the fact that you guys both got on with it. But what else kind of stood out for you guys um, that made you think, right, I could, would you would you watch a sequel to this? Because there's going um, to be one, apparently. Well, there's, so there's 
there's going to be an Annabelle two. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I mean, I. I yeah, well, yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. I fucking, I'll, I'll watch, I watched Space Station 76 this week. I'll watch anything. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, do I have burning interest to watch it? No. Will I watch it? Yes. I think this, I think that it's probably kind of the same for me. I will watch it. I think the question comes, the question has to be asked, though: Will is there any value in a in an Annabelle sequel? Is it basically going to be the same situation again? Um, I think what was effective for me about this film is that it didn't go for cheap scares and it went for tension, and I really appreciated that, and I really wasn't expecting that. So that's what worked for me in this film. However, even if they do all that again, even if they focus on that type of that type of horror again what possible situation can they put this this inanimate object in that that won't be exactly the same as this they're going to have to have a move yeah well, I, I mean, I, that's that's the natural next step anyway if yeah. you think about the difference between child's play and child's play 2 and child's play 3 you know obviously chucky moved a little bit in the first one and you can see him running about in the background but it's a bit of a step you know is there going to be an, an animatronic annabelle in the next film or you know i there's not. I don't know what else they can do really with it, to be honest with you. But yeah, fuck it, I'll watch it. So yeah, it's one. It's one of those. What I what I will um, sort of give the film is. Is I was glad that Annabelle wasn't essentially uh, the lead character in the movie. Uh, it was very much there was a story built around it, um, and it, it didn't. It didn't just focus, like you say, no, on kind of like cheap her head constantly turning around and looking at the camera or blinking or anything like that. It, it did kind of say, right, this is a, a story that features the Annabelle doll rather than the Annabelle doll featuring in a horror film. If, if you want a film starring the Annabelle doll, I would point you towards the direction of A Haunted House 2 where it's got her sending many selfies to, uh, you, you to Marlon Wayans. I enjoyed a haunted house too while it was on. It's got to be the only time anybody has pointed anybody towards a haunted house too. I will try in and, all seriousness. I, I will try and do it as much as I can. You're champion in that movie, aren't you? It's 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 the only two out of five I will ever champion. <laughs> so guys, um, Annabelle, where where do you stand on it? Are you shit touching cloth or definitely not shit? Definitely not shit. 3.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Definitely. Yeah, definitely not shit. I don't use Letterboxd anymore, but I would go about... Yeah, I'd go 3.5. Sadly, I, I'm going to go against the grain here and say I, I just... For me, it, it sadly falls into this shit bracket. It will be a 2.5 out of 5 if I was giving it anything. Uh, that's a touching cloth, Mark. Uh, that's a touching cloth, 2.5. That's touching cloth right on the nose, that, dude. Uh, do you reckon? That, uh, is the de- that is the definition of touching cloth. The definition, cloth, yeah. All right. I, I, you, got, you got shit or get off the pot. I'll, go, I'll, I'll, I'll go for touching cloth, then. Uh, right. Um, so, we're going to cover the next part of that. So, I, to be honest, mate, I think it sounded like a definitely shit 1.5 out of 5 <laughs> or 2 out of 5 to me, but, you know, do what you want to do. <laughs> um... Have we come up with a title for our uh, the Halloween <laughs> marathon that we're nearing the end of yet? 
No. Stabby, stab, stab, stab. Stabby, stabby, stab, stab. What happened to, like, Ian and Mark get stabbed and shit in Haddonfield or something? Oh, yeah, we did say something like that. Did we? Yeah, all right. Ian and Mark get stabbed. Glad one of us is paying attention to the fucking podcast. (laughs) And shit in Haddonfield. Um, (laughs) So here is the uh, the next instalment, Halloween 7, or as it is titled, Halloween H2O 20 Years Later. Here is the trailer for that movie. It's 1998 in a remote California town at a secluded private school. We could have a Halloween party, just the four of us. We could have a roaming orgy. I love the way this man thinks. No booze, no drugs, no kidding. One teacher is living in fear. I'm not who you think I am. I changed my name when I went into hiding. Terrible. My brother killed my sister. <laughs> How'd he do that? With a really big kitchen knife. That's enough. I can't take it, Mom. He's dead. It's been 20 years. What's he waiting for, huh? Don't you think he would have shown up by now? What's going on, baby? I don't know. This is a sick joke. <laughs> now. The face of good and the face of evil will meet one last time. But this time, it's going to be a fight to the finish. This summer, terror won't be taking a vacation. Halloween H2O. It's Halloween. I guess everyone is entitled to one good scare. I've had my share. I think it's actually titled H20. No, it's Halloween H2O. Because it says where Halloween. I'm going to get from. into this, actually. Uh, yeah, but where does it actually say it's pronounced Halloween h 20 well, I think this was. is an important point that we need to get in because it's one of the one of the many bugbears I have about this film. <laughs> well, let's all right. Where, where does it actually like? Does some Jamie Lee Curtis in the deleted scene say, "Oh, you know, it's Halloween H two O or That's something like what that"? I always remember it being called in the uh, run up to it when it was get when it was Find released. Find me yeah. evidence, Mark. Find the me other the, the other point that I would raise is if it's not related, if they are not putting the the letter H and the numbers 2 and 0 next to each other to reference the phrase H2O, then why put it in there? Which then leads me on to say, why is it in there in the first place? Yeah, it doesn't make yeah. any sense it's, because none of the film has anything to do with water. It's a weird pun that doesn't... Stupid. <laughs> Makes it's, sense. Like they, it's like they just... It's like they just realised in a meeting... When they were re- when they were doing this this latest instalment of Halloween, it's like they realised in a meeting that it was twenty years later, and Halloween twenty would make the phrase H two O, and then they all got really excited about it and went, yeah, like 
Halloween H.O., but we can call it, it's a really snappy title, and nobody actually thought about the fact that it makes zero fucking sense <laughs> to have the, the chemical, whatever you call it, the chemical structure of water in the title for a Halloween. So it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. To be fair, Halloween Resurrection makes no sense either. Cause... We'll get on that. No. Anyway, uh, uh, trailer. <laughs> trailer for Halloween H20, 20 years later. <laughs> fucking right. <laughs> H20, two old years later. <laughs> so are we actually saying that the title... I'm not. We're not cutting to the trailer yet. Are we saying that the, tra- the title of the film is essentially Halloween, Halloween 20, 20 years later? Yeah. Yeah, essentially, yeah. The correct title is Halloween H20, two old years later. <laughs> Halloween 7. <laughs> So, uh, you heard a trailer there for <laughs> Halloween 7. Uh, directed by uh, Steve Miner, because um, John Carpenter wanted too much money, so they told him to fuck off. Um, completely forgets the uh, previous three films we covered on last week's show, and um, just jumps to 20 years after the events of the first two films. Returning is Jamie Lee Curtis, but she's joined by Ladies Love Cool James, Josh Hartnett in his first ever role, Michelle Williams, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who dies before he's even, uh, <laughs> his name even appears on screen, and Adam Arkin. Um, no, H2O, H20, Halloween 7. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, well... Do you know what? I kind of I remember I remember liking it at the time, but then I liked a lot of shit like this at the time. Um, and rewatching it now, I it's, it's I think it's pretty fucking poor. It's um, it's over reliant, as many of these films are. It's over reliant on um, the theme tune and the recognizable character. Um, it's basically, Ian, I think you described, uh, we, I think when you were talking about um, Halloween 2 on the podcast a few weeks back, I think you mentioned the idea of, you know, the, the 90s sort of slasher movies where it's just introduce a bunch of people, all of them have one defining character, yeah, and then sure. just we have a series of scenes where each of them is bumped off. That's what this does, and that's... It's for me. It's just uh, it's typical of the lazy slasher movies that were knocking about around this time. And I think it's only now. Um, what year was this? Nineteen ninety-eight. So it's only now. Um, however many years later that is. Sixteen. Um, Good man. Sixteen. One six years later. Uh, <laughs> Halloween H one six. One six years later. That we can actually look at it with with those eyes and say, you know what? Slasher movies around this time, on the whole, were fucking garbage. Um, I really didn't enjoy it. And it's a shame because I kind of wish I'd used the time watching this and the film that follows it to watch uh, Halloween 5 and 6 because although I haven't even heard your... I I haven't seen those movies in, in years and I haven't heard that podcast with you reviewing them yet. And although I'm sure you probably slag them off and they're probably shit... I can get I can get a lot more joy out of um, late uh, late sequels in horror that are from around the sort of eighties and uh, sort of late eighties and stuff like that. I can get an awful lot more out of them than seeing these sort of 
repolished, um, you know, smartened up for the for the nineties generation um, versions of films that come later. And 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 I, you know, I I apply that to the fucking zombie, the Rob Zombie movies as well. Um, I would much rather be watching Halloween five or six than watching Halloween seven, Halloween eight, or Halloween or 6 was 95, mind. Was it? Really? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's well, like we, we would know. talk about it on the show and it was like the year before Scream and it was like basically yeah. the ultimate what horror was before Scream film. But it yeah, has exactly. got Paul Rudd that's, being that's what I mean. like, shit, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna stand there and say that, that Scream is 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 a bad movie. Yeah, we've it's been played out a little bit too much and it's been copied a little bit too much. But I can get a lot more joy nowadays from watching the pre-Scream stuff than I can the post-Scream stuff because the post-Scream stuff just seems too um, easy and lazy and. I don't know. It's almost like nobody gave a fuck about Halloween five and six. They went straight to video when they came out. So there's 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 just more there to sort of explore rather than just this this polished um, this polished stuff with the same types of faces and characters popping up just to get bumped off by a a familiar fucking soundtrack. Do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't do much for me at all. I'm afraid. Ian, uh, what was your views on uh, Halloween seven? Halloween 7, age 20, 20 years later, Halloween, um, which got 5 out of 5 in total film when it first came out, I remember. Um, <laughs> I don't know why the fuck I remember that, but um, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I don't hate it, um, obviously nearly as much as Noel, who has like a seething hatred for it, whether <laughs> like to which I've never seen. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's all right. I mean, I think the big thing that it's got going it for it for me is is the fact that it, it really is short. It <laughs> sets itself up. It fuck it, it just it does it does what it does and it just gets the fuck out. And I also like I like the third act, what can I say? When Michael Myers does finally get on with it, which does take a little while, um I I enjoy it and I based on this film alone and ignoring Halloween Resurrection, I like the finality to it. Um, even if, yes, the soundtrack and the cues, I mean, particularly egregious is the, she chops his head off and you get that, get that, like, I'm doing a terrible impression of it, but that, that kind of sting noise mm. uh, that the, the Carpenter did, you know, it, it's, um, so I, I like those elements of it. I mean, I also do like Ladies Love Cool James, um, even though his kind of reappearance, his somehow he's still alive at the end is complete bollocks. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, I, I just said it, but it is what it is. And I don't entirely hate it. I don't love it. But I would watch this before I watch, again, before I watch Scream 4. Um uh, or I still know what you did last summer. Um, I've never seen I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer, and apparently the, the threat in that actually is supernatural, which sounds interesting to me. But, um, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, Halloween H20, 20 uh, water, oxygen, hydrogen, uh, is okay. Yeah, I think maybe because um, 
for the week before I watched this, all I watched was um, three pretty piss-poor Halloween movies. Um, I, I watched this um, with a couple of beers and a, 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 a more of an attitude of, right, well, I've seen this before and I remember it quite well and I remember kind of enjoying it, but it'd been a bit shit. Um, I, I'm exactly the same place with it. I It's... It's not great. It, it uses all of the same tropes that you expect it to ha- to have. Uh, it kind of doesn't really make all that much sense. But then again, none of them have since the first one. Um, but I had a good enough time with it. If it had been a minute or two longer, I probably wouldn't yeah, have totally. had a good enough time with it. I think the fact that it, it, it it's not only under 90 minutes, it's under 80 minutes you know, before credits, which... Which was just fucking wonderful. In fact, I think I watched it on UK Netflix, and the version that's on there clocks in at I think seventy six or eighty six minutes, and I think there's about there's a good eight or nine minutes of credits on there. So I, I was happy that it wasn't a long film, but I had a good enough time with it. Um, it's it's fun, but it like no, it is it is very much a another snapshot of where horror was at that time uh it's the highest budgeted movie i think of any of the halloween movies um and you know there are a lot of points where you go oh come on but in comparison with what had been before it uh it is a huge step up i yeah i think that's a really that's a really fair point, actually, Mark. The fact that we have sat through the Jamie Lloyd trilogy mm. and and then came to this, it, it yeah, it was a little bit like, oh, that's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know you're saying you're looking forward to um, watching those ones, uh, Noel. Please, please let me know when you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, talk, I, I see. Anyway, I see what you're saying. I, like, if if you were sort of, you know, once you've gone down the sort of this, you know, um, what's that phrase again? Um, the diminishing uh, returns. diminishing returns thing of, of of the Halloween series to pick up with this is probably a breath of fresh air. It's just unfor- unfortunately for me, there is something about this '90s horror aesthetic which really rubs me up the wrong way nowadays. And I, I wonder. I mean, obviously, it's, it's probably not because um, you know, Mark, you're closer to my age, but I, I do. I was wondering if maybe that had something to do with it that maybe you know ian you remember this slightly differently you have fonder memories of this than me whereas i don't know that um, is a fair point i remember the first time i watched this on vhs when i uh, when i was living in the attic in my in my mum's house and i mean i was about 15 you know, so kind of perfect age for it. You're living uh, in the attic, or were you being kept in the attic? <laughs> I, I, I was being kept in you, the attic. You did my, make that sound like mother. you were being kept in the attic. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I did. I was awfully specific with that, but it was just like I, I really. I remember. I remember watching this through the through the floorboards when I was being kept in the attic of my mum's house <laughs> that evening when she was watching it. Sorry, mum. Um, <laughs> That, no, Christ, my mum would never go near this. Jesus fucking Christ. My mum literally is one of those stereotypical like um, uh, like mid-60s people who says, have you, have you seen that Helen Mirren film? Oh, it looks wonderful. The one where she runs the restaurant. And, oh, that looks like a nice film. That literally is the kind of stuff my mum comes out with when trying to talk cinema with me. Um, 
I, I, you know, and it's like fair play to her. She's she's not into her films. It is what it is. But you know, my mum would never ever ever watch Halloween H two O. My dad cried when he watched Silence of the Lambs because he was so scared. Ouch. Y- you know, so yeah, there you go. My my dad is never going to hear this. So uh, you know. I just liked the idea of you running around the attic like um, like Christopher like Chris Eccleston like in Chris shallow Eccleston grave, in shallow grave <laughs> drilling, holes in the, <laughs> drilling holes in the floorboards just so you could watch Halloween H2, H2O <laughs> or H20. H4, yeah, no, totally. I, I, yeah, but, I mean, anyway, I, it's just, I remember like being in the loft and like sticking it on and being like all, you know, like kind of creepy film time and it being when i was kind of like eating up you know eating up slashes you know and uh and, and it, it it did that and the five out of five review in total film that genuinely got me really amped for it um so i, I yeah i do have that kind of uh I, I think maybe i do have a fondness for it in that way but at the same time, I don't know. I mean, I think that Jamie Lee Curtis kind of like seeing the effect it, it, it all had on her was, or, or Laurie Strode anyway, was was interesting, you know. And um, I don't know. Um, the the girls look good. Um, I very much like the um, the other one who's not Michelle Williams. Um, Michelle Williams Jody kind Reynolds. of looks like her face was painted on in this, but um, the the other one, yeah, you know, I. Jodie Lynn Arkeep, is it? Yeah, she'll do, you know, and uh, I don't know, it just, like like Mark says, it's really, really short as well, so I, I, I find it, the thing is, I mean, we'll get into it, but I think the, the sins that, Noel, that you're, you're saying of it, I think are, are more applicable for me anyway to Halloween Resurrection, but the Halloween, Halloween Resurrection has the, the, the very much plus point of one Mr. Buster Rhymes, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll get into that, but I just I I have a good enough time. It's a three out of five, you know. I, it's it's not a, it, it's not one of the great touchstones of modern horror to me or anything. And I I can see where 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 you're coming from in certain aspects there, but but I I don't know. It just it, it maybe it's a subjective thing, but I, I just I I'm perfectly okay with this film. I remember uh, watching uh, this at the cinema uh, when it came out. Um... And absolutely hating it, um, completely despising it, and it was it was a good long time um, before I rewatched it. Maybe kind of like eight or nine years uh, before um, Becky. Uh, we were, I think I think actually we were doing a full um, run through when uh, when Rob Zombie's Halloween remake came out. Uh, we did a full run through of all the the Halloween movies, uh, and it got to H two O, and I was dreading uh, watching it because of the terrible experience I had in the cinema watching it. And it was that that I kind of went, oh, I want too bad actually that. And it, it, I've watched it, you know, I think I've watched it maybe once since then, probably because it's short. Um, so my, my kind of mood is tempered on it slightly. I, I'd probably say, yeah, it, it's a three, three and a half out of, out of five for me. So I'm, I'm a definitely not shit with this, with this movie. I, I, I get enough out of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not shit as well. I kind of feel like we spent more time talking about the title than we have the actual film, but and I think that's maybe indicative of the film itself. I think it's perfectly okay horror, but I kind of do want to talk about Buster Rhymes. There's not a single memorable kill in this movie. I actually, I, I genuinely 
Well, not many people die. I mean, like the 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 guy, the kind of the comic relief guy, gets killed off screen, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, the girl, I can't remember who else actually gets killed in this. Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets killed off screen, and his mate gets killed off screen. Yeah. Uh... What about the nurse? Oh no, yeah. And, well, the nurse one, even though it's a bit of a copy of Scream. Where like Drew Barrymore's kind of calling out and they they can't hear her and like it, it's kind of the same thing again. Yeah, but that's okay. It's yeah. more effective in Scream, but yeah, but I, it's just the, the the kills are are weak. I would say uh, in yeah. comparison, yeah. And that's like... kind of the only thing you need from a Halloween movie. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, probably not quite as much as a Friday the Thirteenth movie, but you do sort of need something to. There's a nice bit of gore when uh, Joey Leno keeps um, leg almost gets snapped off by the dumbwaiter. That's that's a nice little bit of gore, but that's maybe literally a flashing three or four second shot, and then that's pretty much what you get out of it. Uh, right. So, so where you're, are you? Are you definitely shit on that one? Then, no, I take it. You see, the, th- the thing is, is, is it's, the thing is it's weird because for me it's a definitely shit i think it's it's quite a dull film um but the main thing for me is it it, with it is the it's the aesthetic of it it's the it's that 90s horror aesthetic which i really am not keen on so it's a very personal it's a very personal uh thing that and i'm not saying that it's the worst film in the world it's just for me Pushes all the wrong buttons. I don't get on with that at all. Yeah, yeah, so it has to be a definitely shit for me, I'm afraid. Watch Halloween 6 and get back to us. That that thing is like all kind of industrial metal kind of grey and blue with lightning. No, no, you watch it. The thing is, is the later later Halloween... Get back to us, no. Let me me just say, though, the later Halloween and Friday the 13th movies, though, feel like an 80s hangover so they don't i'm i'm talking about it's basically comes down to being post scream like it's that you know this is clearly a halloween movie that was made after scream and i know i still know i know what you did last summer because all those movies started to feel exactly like this and even movies that weren't quite horror movies started to feel like this that sort of like you know dawson's creek horror fucking tv vibe about them um Mm. And it's just, I don't know, it really turns me off. But yeah, I will rewatch those and I will get back to you. So. Fucking yeah, <laughs> Right, um, so we're now going to move on uh, to the Halloween Resurrection, a.k.a. Halloween 8. And we're going to play a trailer for that. I'm going to need to get that. a beer. Just, just it, carry on, but I'm going to need to get a beer. In, in oh, need God, beer. I need to watch my Sean Lee. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that scene. Tomorrow night, you will enter the childhood home of our most brutal mass murderer. The home has been rigged up with several cameras, but for the most part, the audience will see only what you see. Six friends. Are you sure they're not just putting us in some house with hidden cameras in the shower? This is going to be fun. Have been offered fame and fortune. That's the American dream. All they need to do, all the windows will be boarded up and all the doors will be locked shut behind them. No one will be allowed to leave until the show is over. You stay the night. Let the dangertainment begin. Now. You think this is the one that he used to, you know, do his thing? The webcast is live. 
One flash and you could light up a thousand computer screens. You are like this close to getting voted off the island. The stage is set. Has anybody else seen this? Whoa! It's all fake. We didn't set up. I'm only trying to give America a good show. But the house. Wait, what just happened? We just lost Bill's camera. There's somebody in the hall. Is his. Summer. Evil comes home. Trick or treat, mother. Want a piece of me? Hello, Michael. I knew you'd come sooner or later. What took you so long? Okay, that was a trailer for Halloween Resurrection, a.k.a. Halloween 8. Um, Director Rick Rosenthal is returning to the series. He directed Halloween 2. um, And... He's joined with a cast featuring um, Jimmy Lee Curtis is in it very briefly, but then you've got Buster Rhymes, uh, you've got Daisy McCracken, Katie Sackhoff, um, Thomas Ian Nichols, and Tyra Banks. Uh, premise of the story is uh, it's set three years after uh, Halloween 7, H2O, H2NT, whatever we're going to call it. Um, and H23. H23. Is this H23 then? This is, this is, yeah. This is H2.0.8. Halloween, Halloween H23, Halloween <laughs> Resurrection. Yeah. Is what it should have been called. <laughs> In this movie, uh, Buster Rhymes and Tyler Banks are running a um, production company, which is, I can't remember what it's called now, but it's a terrible name. Um, and essentially, they are. Uh, going to set up a lot of cameras in the Myers house. Dangertainment. Sorry, I just remembered. Is it, is it Dangertainment? Danger, it's Dangertainment. Uh, they're going to set up a lot of cameras in the Myers house, uh, throw some college kids in there, and film what happens on Halloween. Um, have we got Ian back yet? Has he grabbed a Buster Rhymes-themed brewski? Yes, I'm oh, guessing. much on me. Yes, we, we have got Ian back. So, no. Um... Halloween Resurrection uh, thoughts. Right. Well, after after slagging off um, Halloween H two O twenty years later, I'm probably going to surprise you by saying I actually quite like Halloween H two three Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> just because the the thing is here is just it doesn't take itself it it, it can't be taking itself seriously. I think it might be. Um, <laughs> No, no, no. Buster Rhymes is is 100% taking himself seriously. Yeah. He comes, Uh, I believe he came up with every single line that he spoke. He agreed to be in the film because he was just, in his contract, he was like, I can say anything I want to say. 
I, 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 yeah. say, I, I watched a, a very brief interview uh, where somebody was asking uh, Jamie Lee Curtis about her appearance in Halloween Resurrection, where she basically says that she was contractually obliged to be in the movie, but she said the only way she'd do it is if she got killed off very early on, and that was it, she got killed off. And then it was put to her, well, the producers have sort of said that you really like the script and that you know that you wanted a bigger part, and her response to that was, that's not true. <laughs> Which kind Speaking of, of contracts sense. as well, I th- Speaking of contrast as well, I don't know if you know, but um, in the mid-90s in the United States, a law was actually passed that said all rappers have to like <laughs> kung fu movies. Yes. So so because of that, it was actually written into uh, Buster Rhymes' contract that he had to like kung fu movies for this particular film. Well, no, no. I mean, he loves kung fu movies, and he had it written into the contract that he would get to, and I quote from the contract... Kung Fu the fuck out of Michael Myers. Um, I, I, I actually... That, I, that's only as a result of the law that was passed in the mid-90s that said all rappers have to like Kung Fu movies. Oh, I so he's a, just kind of fulfilling that obligation in kind of a meta yeah, way. Yeah, it was, it was, okay. the, it was the, the 36 Chambers law of 2005. <laughs> I, I had the theory that, 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 that with this film, actually, that Buster Rhymes uh, was shown the Halloween movies, thought they were documentaries, and actually thought that this was real. <laughs> He actually yeah. fought Dangertainment yeah. when he said, let the Dangertainment begin. He, That's just him. He, he, filed, he thinks he's off camera and he's just really excited. Yeah, he, he filed tax returns for Dangertainment <laughs> in 2003. He's still waiting. He's still waiting for that. Poor Buster. Buster, 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 Rhymes. Buster Rhymes' real name uh, is actually Freddie Harris. Um, he just thought, well... I'm, I'm I'm not doing it as Buster Rhymes because it, it'll get in the way of my of my fast speaking rap career. But I'm going to set up um, Danger Tim and, and I'm going to I'm I'm going to catch this Michael Myers motherfucker. You know, no one's done that. Why ain't anyone talking about it? I might. I'm actually genuinely thinking of rewatching this today with the sole thinking <laughs> of imagine Buster Rhymes actually thinks this is real. <laughs> I think that, that, yeah. I think, I think that in is... preparation in preparation for his role in in, in as as manager and uh, managing director of Dangertainment, <laughs> he actually went away and studied the movies of Wang Chun Li. Yeah, just yeah. so that he could uh, just so that he could kick Michael Myers's ass. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, it's almost as if they got the girl, the the girl who plays the lead girl, to like knock. It was almost like right, knock on his hotel door <laughs> and talk about how worried you are. About yeah. being in this, and it just so turned out he was watching a Chun Li film, <laughs> and at the end they just let the camera roll, and he's just like, "Oh shit, my Chun Li!" My Chun Li. This, this what I'll, what I'll say, <laughs> this film contains my most hated scene in cinema. It oh is, really? Yeah, in this film there is my most hated scene in cinema where I it almost Buster Rhymes, mate, it doesn't contain Buster Rhymes. I almost had to leave the room because I despise this scene so much. And it is the scene where Tyra Banks is making herself a drink. Don't know a what. The, oh my but why is she gosh. putting whipped yeah. cream on it? 
it, it literally is like Rick Rosenthal went, ah, oh, Tyra Banks, we need to get a like, dancing and make... She, everything is wrong about that drink because it's not... It's coming from a coffee machine, so it's not like a mochaccino or anything like that. It's a coffee. She's putting whipped cream in it. She's stirring it. It's just going all down the fucking cup, and she's dancing. <laughs> and you can clearly tell the music she's dancing to isn't the music we're hearing. It's completely different. It... Ah, oh, it... It just literally, I was watching it going, this is probably the worst thing that happened to cinema. It's happening right now. But she does also manage to close her flip phone using her chin yes. at one point, which was a moment so memorable to me. I actually WhatsApped Noel while I was watching it saying, if I don't remember, remind me to talk about a time. I was, just, I was literally just about to message you. Yeah. <laughs> That's because she's too busy oh. spilling her random fucking weird drink all over the place. Oh, my God. Also, as well, I did also read another thing about this that said that apparently they did film uh, her death scene uh, for this film, but decided that it was it was just too bad to include in the film. I've got to say, I oh. was watching it, and, and Donna was in the room as well, and she was like, oh, is that Tyra Banks? So I was like, yeah, I don't remember her dying. No, they, they did film it, but it ended up on the cutting room floor because they said that it was artistically unusable. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. I think that was probably artistically unusable because of her acting more than anything. Yeah, that's that, that, I, I, oh, I, I, totally. I imagine that it was yeah. either her acting or in the background, Buster Rhymes was just stood eating a sandwich. Yeah. Well, no, because the, the, the thing is, is anything that he thought this was real. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Anything that's so bad. Anything that's so bad it couldn't make it into a film where it gets one of the, the actresses' names wrong in the fucking opening credits is pretty bad. Because <laughs> they misspell... I'm sorry, I had to point this out because I pointed it out to Ian last night yeah. that they, they misspell Katie Sackhoff's name in the opening credits and then spell it correctly in the closing credits. <laughs> that is so poor. So poor. <laughs> really, <do> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I no, swear he, to God, he, mate. He he WhatsApped me documentary proof of this, and he, yeah, uh, he's I was not because right. I was watching it, and I, I like I I photographed the beginning bit where they spell it wrong, and I was like, surely that's wrong to like to, to Ian and Jord, and and we were like, oh no, and then like while I was watching the film, I was just on IMDb, and I was like, yeah, that's the only film she's ever credited with yeah, her she, name spelt like that. Yeah, and then when the end credits came up, I was still watching it, and it, it just yeah, it's spelled correctly at the end credits. Yeah, so, so they miss oh, off the K. Very poor. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. For yeah. Sackoff. Yeah. Oh, Sackoff. That's, that's, that, that's kind of indicative of this movie, actually. So, Ian, I, um, tell us your favourite bits of this movie. <laughs> fuck, man. I, like, I just, everything, ev- every single thing. Buster Rhymes has got the best mouth I've ever seen. <laughs> so, he just. Uh, Becky like, described everything. Him as- Rex described him as, 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 as like all of his facial features were borrowed off another face, but different faces, and then put onto a face that's way too small for them. Yeah, that's very good. That's very good. I, I just, everything, I mean, like, the fact that, I swear, this is three lines in a row that Buster Rhymes has. Okay, what is it? Oh, Christ. Trick or treat, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mikey. Happy fucking Halloween. Burn, motherfucker, burn. Yeah, I, I, th- I it's think it's like he's getting paid by the F bomb. <laughs> 
I, I mean, it is amazing. And his monologue at the end about Michael Myers being a killer shark is, is I, like, genuinely, I think he came up with that on set and was just like, Rick, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking doing this or I'm, I'm leaving. And Rick Rosenthal was like, well, you know, we're pretty much at the end of shooting anyway, Buster, so that's, that's fine. And he's just like, I'm fucking doing this. And then just went and did it anyway. I, it just... I, I, I everything about Buster Rhymes makes this film a 1.5 out of 5 instead of like a quarter star out of 5 for me. The rest of it is just so fucking boring. Like so, so boring. That whenever Buster Rhymes comes in the room, it's like I've suddenly stuck on singing in the rain and I'm the happiest I've ever been. Like he, the moment where he's actually talking to Michael Myers dressed as Michael Myers, oh, he's like, he's chewing him out. You gotta, you gotta get out of here. You gotta turn it like, you better turn your ass around and get out of here. And he just keeps carry on talking and talking and talking. And you're like, really? Like, just. And Michael just Myers actually listens. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like Michael Myers is actually thinking, hang on a second, yeah, maybe I am supposed to be filming this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best. Yeah. I mean, Buster Rhymes is the only person in the entire Halloween series who actually manages to uh, essentially get to out of a Michael kill Myers by to just to go away. If only Laurie Strode had known in that first film that she could have just said, can you just go away and sort the cameras out in the other room? Michael Myers would have actually just gone and done it. Do you think he did, though? Do you think, do you think before he went and killed um, McCracken that he literally just went and went, oh, I'm supposed to be sorting this out, apparently, aren't I? And then just sorted that yeah, out. Laurie... That's, that's his weakness Dr Loomis didn't know about this weakness but all they needed to say was Michael there's a camera in the other room and you've left the lens cap on and he just would have gone and sorted it out it's like literally a deleted scene of him like just taking a lens cap off and then just like having a think then getting a knife out and just walking down the stairs or something just... or just the moment where he realises he's been duped where he's sort of like putting a new lens on and sort of setting up a shot and he just stops and goes <sighs> realise he's been duped by Buster Rhymes <laughs> oh, just everything else about this film is not worth talking about I mean it's like Katie enough. Sackhoff has got one of the weirdest faces I've ever seen um, the, 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 the main girl is whatever um, yeah yeah exactly um, Daisy McCracken whatever I just I mean, I, 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 oh god! I, I, also, the Daisy the sight of been... the kid watching her on the the internet TV thing, and like people coming into the room and getting involved in it—it it just, you know, Rick Rosenthal was just like, "This is so up to the minute. This is so fresh." <laughs> yeah, and it just—it is fucking brutal. I mean, there's there's a reference to the Osbournes earlier on, and I, I it just no. Yeah. No, 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 no. But it does have Buster Rhymes kung fuing the fuck out of Michael Myers and talking him down. So it's a five out of five masterpiece. It's 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 a it's a definitely shit. Um, But yes, Buster Rhymes does add 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 a touch of class. Um, I, I mean, like literally, he physically adds quality to the film for me and i just i want to i want to talk to buster rhyme so fucking bad about what his intentions were for this <laughs> i think you should contact him 
Jesus. If he was on Twitter, oh, I, I would genuinely... love to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, before you... Because you've got to shoot off, Noel. Uh, before you do that, um, do you want to give a, a little plug to your your book? I'll... I'll give it a quick mention. As I said to you before, I've fucking talked the hell out of it, so I'm kind, I'm kind of getting to this stage where I'm worried and boring everyone else, but I'm certainly boring myself. Um, yeah, no, the book is uh, is is live and available. Just go to adventuresinvhs.com and that'll take you to the place where you can buy it. Um, it's being um, crowdfunded through a publisher called Unbound, for those who don't know. Um, so basically Unbound, yeah, they work on a sort of Kickstarter-style model, but what happens is is we have a budget set for uh, having the produced in a lovely sort of, um, I was very specific about it needing to be high quality images in there because that's a really important part of the book and about the shape of what the book's going to be and stuff like that. So we've set a budget for having it published. Once it meets that budget, it goes into publication. Um, and for those who want to buy it, there's there's different options. So there's obviously there's an ebook version for like a tenner. Um, there's the hard book version for 20 quid, which I think is a pretty decent price for, for, for that type of thing. Um, there's the membership edition, which is the hardback um, version, but it's obviously signed and comes with a, a, a limited numbered member video store membership card, which is going to be specially made up for this uh, adventure in VHS book. So uh, I'll be helping put that together and design that. Uh, there's other levels above that as well. So if you wanted the VIP membership, you get all of that stuff that i've just mentioned but you also get one of the actual tapes that uh that was in the book as well um and obviously anybody who pledges on the book even if you just pledge for the for the ebook you get your name in the back of the book um as a special thanks um and you also get access to uh, what's called the the writer's shed on unbound so if you go to unbound and you pledge you can then access a special section of the website where i'm sort of uploading exclusive podcasts and exclusive blogs and chapters from the book and that type of things just to kind of keep um to keep sort of people um supplied with stuff who have been kind enough to kind of uh, to pledge on the book so am i going to be uh, on one of those are you going to be on one of those podcasts? Those, those bonus things. Uh, the, yeah, the bonus part. You could be, yeah. Why not? Yeah. But, uh, hang on a second. Oh, have you already released the Electric Boogaloo thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just that. Yeah, the Electric Boogaloo episode went up. That was just episode fifteen of the podcast. Oh, fucking so, hell, man! Sorry. Yeah, I yeah, know. So what's what's basically happening is I'm putting. The main podcast is just going to go on hiatus for a little bit while I'm concentrating on marketing and, and getting the book done. So while the book is being done, uh, I will be writing little uh, blog pieces and articles and stuff like that specifically for the writer's shed on Unbound. Uh, but I'm also putting up sort of little exclusive mini mini podcasts. So the first we hit the first sort of milestone that I'd myself today of 15 percent. So we hit 15 percent and I've put out the first sort of mini podcast, which is uh, all about um Basket Case, the 1984 Frank Hamlet movie. Uh, and then I'm going to follow that up with a Basket Case 2 podcast and a Basket Case 3 podcast. And then I'm just going to pick some random movies and just do short podcasts and put them up there for people. Um, but, you know, the incentive is really if you can pledge to support the book, uh, even if it's just for a tenner, then you'll get access to all this exclusive stuff. And you'll also get your name in the back. And you know what? You'll also get a book, which is hopefully a pretty decent book. Um, so yeah, so that's that's the pitch basically. Cool. Uh, well, 
I know you've got to shoot off. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us again, Noel. Please, everyone, go out and, and, oh. and buy the book. Okay, uh, Noel is now gone. I disappeared um, briefly while my internet shit the bed. Um, but thank you very much, Noel, for joining us. And again, like I say, uh, please um, uh, essentially pledge by buying uh, the book. Um we do have a, a couple of Twitter questions. I've not checked the email. I, I apologise for that. We haven't got any emails. Uh, we haven't got any emails, so I don't apologise for that, you bastards. Um, but uh, questions. Uh, TGP73 uh, says, in light of the Ebola panic, uh, which film best captures the outbreak of a deadly disease? Uh, Ian, go. It, it depends. If we're talking kind of seriously, then I would say Contagion. Yeah, I would agree with um, that. Contagion. What I loved about Contagion is it's not a movie about the outbreak of a disease. It's a movie about the outbreaking of a disease and how it's dealt with. And the fact that the, the, it, it cuts off at a point where you're going, oh, shit shit was about to get real and it, it's finished and then you realize oh wait a minute that's not the movie the movie is about the building tension of the outbreak okay fuck yes and i enjoyed contagion so much more on the second watch because of that yeah but exactly but i mean like if we're talking um kind of fantastical or something like that then i'd say 28 days later which um it remains one of the most tense experiences and horrifying experiences I've ever had in a cinema. And I think that film retains a kind of a unique power, whether it be the, uh, the kind of the lo-fi cinematography, which um, I don't know on Blu-ray, some people say the film looks like shit and I kind of objectively, it does look like shit, but subjectively it kind of makes me feel a bit more like in the shit in the moment. Well, that's, that's uh, interesting. Does it look like shit? Cause, cause let's say I watched 28 days later, uh, like a couple of days ago. Well, about a week. Well, actually the Blu-ray looks video. We as fuck, well, I, but that kind of adds to it in this particular case for me. Cause I was watching it on a DVD that was an X rental DVD. Yeah, so this no, DVD, DVD is, has been put through the fucking ringer, but I couldn't remember the, whether or not it looked like that anywhere the dvd actually looks okay like where the blu-ray it's because it's so high def mm. that it kind of weirdly kind of swings back on itself i don't know what the what the technicals are of it but because it was shot in kind of like a, a digi cam kind of way the dvd because it's a lower resolution it's like the, the sharpness yeah is Kills is it. nullified somewhat whereas you watch 28 Days on Blu uh, later on Blu-ray, it's almost like you're watching a cam in a cinema. Oh, right. It's it just like but that, it, yeah. It's, but, but it kind of, in that particular case, and to be fair, for what Boyle was really kind of trying to do with that film, it actually adds a great deal of atmosphere. But, like, the video quality, I mean, I'll tell you what, I'm on Blu-ray.com at the moment because I'm thinking of buying the Ghostbusters Ghostbusters 2 2 pack for a tenner um so uh um bear with I, me. I'd say go for that because the the blu-ray for Ghostbusters looks fucking great it's it's like the mastered in 4k new version oh, as well as well oh well, the blu-ray yeah. I thought the blu-ray looked great um but it's a 4k one. Oh wait a minute I think is my no my blu-ray the 4k one um if it's if it's if it's not been released in the last couple of years I'd say not right I'm just posting you a link for 28 Days Later Blu-ray review yeah. on Blu-ray.com. Right, they give it 4.5 out of 5, but look at the quality of the screenshots. That's that's really fucking generous. 
Uh, oh, sec, come on, Lord. I, and he says, I am sure my rating here will dry, draw the ire of many. No, this movie does not look good, but let's not knock box or the disc for this. The bulk of the film was shot on a Canon DV camcorder. The picture is what it is, and this disc represents it as well as you'll ever see it. Um, that's, the picture is, that's, that's not how you're supposed to review it, though. Th- this is The thing is, I kind of see what he's saying saying in terms of what the what the aim of it is yeah i mean it does say here as well the film's final moments were shot in 35 mil and look as wonderful as one would expect from blu-ray disc uh colors of iron pop off the screen uh view this movie based on the merit of the strong engaging story and not for the look of the film which does add to the sense of dread and hopelessness of the story which which is which uh, he's explained himself very well i'd say on that He's explained his reasonings but, behind it, and I can see, I can see his his reasonings behind it. I mean, th- there's a shot there. You've got the, re- the, the the page in front of you. Yeah. There's a shot there of Brendan Gleeson looking at some apples, mm. which is like the ugliest fucking Blu-ray screenshot you'll probably ever see. Yeah. It's but, not brave. But it, it, it it's kind of like it is what it is, and like I I I appreciate it for that. But I bet when you watch it on TV, they never ever use that master. <laughs> yeah, um, yes, yeah, so I, I, that, that's my contagion's a, a, a great movie. Um, one, I mean, outbreaks a lot of fun, but then when he, I think the more you go to look at it, it, it kind of it loses its it loses its charm. I think sort of like 15, 20 years later. Um, what else? We do have another question uh, as well, uh, which is from uh, Rich Kid uh, at Rich J Kid on Twitter. Uh, horror covers a lot of genres: zombies, ghost stories, slasher films, possession films, etc. What is your favourite genre? So, like, what's your? I think that's what's our favourite subgenre of horror. Subgenre. Yeah. yeah sure. um, mine, um, to be honest, is uh, I, I love um, occult ones. Um, voodoo and occult um, such subgenre uh, of horror movies. Absolutely adore them. Uh, apocalypse. You very much in like yeah. End of, end of the world. End shit. of the world type stuff. Um, defo. Just like seeing how people um, kind of deal with that kind of shit. That, that's that's my jam. Um, my least favorite, just in terms of stuff I don't enjoy watching, is body horror. Uh, I, I find I find body horror really, really gets to me. Like James Gunn's Sliver, even it's a horror comedy. Yeah. I've only watched that film once. I will only ever watch that film once. I like it grosses me out. Um, yeah, I, 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 I yeah. find body horror very uncomfortable um, to watch. I mean, I've seen The Fly a number of times, yet it's still. Oh, it's, I still find it really icky. Um, I mean, in terms of um, genres that, that, that I, I don't like to add, um, so I'm to, to mirror what you, you've just gone across, um, I, I don't know. There's a lot of horror that... that um, I'm not a big fan of space horror. Um, I, you know, I, there's a few that I like, but as a whole, the kind of... The, the, the idea of it... It, it, it makes it it takes me out of the believability um, of, of horror and the relatability because it's like, well, I've never got a fucking space. So it, there's there's that kind of that takes me out of it. Um, there are obvious exception things like Alien, for instance, uh, are exceptions to that, but it, it's one that just doesn't does doesn't click with me. Mm. 
so yeah, that that was that was all the questions we we got. Um, so I've just got to say as oh. well, sorry, the reviews on the Twenty Eight Days Later Blu-ray on Amazon, they are all. This is uh, the the the. The, the quality is terrible. It looks like a VHS. It looks like a cheap pirated DVD. I put in the DVD. It looks better. Um, it, it just, it, I, I, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, I, I can see what people are saying. That that's it. Unless you kind of know the thinking behind the transfer. Yeah. I, I mean, like frankly, I think if they wanted to, they could have clean. They could have done something digitally to clean it up. But they're not doing that because that's not what the point of it is. But. I can't like I wouldn't be surprised if Twenty Eight Days Later was like the worst like generally thought of Blu-ray of all time. <laughs> yeah, it would yeah wouldn't surprise me uh, at all. I, the thing is, it it does play into that 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 thing of there's certain things that I just don't need to be seen on or transferred to Blu-ray, but you people will have still bought that on on Blu-ray. I bought it on Blu-ray. Well, there you I, go. I, I'm fine. I'm fine with the look of it. Yeah. I, I just, it, I, I, I really, I quite enjoy watching well, it like that. To be honest, that's the thing. If I, if I ever saw it for under a fiver on Blu-ray, I'd probably pick it up on Blu-ray. Um, oh yeah. You know, with, you know, without question. Um, but you know, I'm at the moment. I'm still quite happy to, if needs be. I want to watch it to watch it um, on, on on DVD that I've got because I I don't think that I'm going to lose any or gain any quality from watching it on on said Blu-ray. Um, right, I think I think that's that's wrapping up the end of the the show. Thank you much for the uh, the questions, guys. Um, and some feedback would be nice. Uh, we get it. You can send it to dudemonkey at gmail dot com. Uh, at dudemonkey at Ian Loring at dudefoz. Uh, Ian, uh, what are we covering next week? Babadook. Babadook. Yes, uh, we're going to bring you because uh, it's Halloween. We thought we might as well stick with uh, sticking to the horror ones, uh, and we'll also bring you the final part of our uh, Ian and Mark get stabbed and shit in Haddonfield with the Rob Zombie. Um, remake of Halloween or reimagining of Halloween and his sequel to uh, that movie as well. Um, plus we'll bring you the usual tangents and other junk. Um, anything else to add, Ian? Nah, I've done. I better get back to the kids. So I'm Cool. Uh, thank you very much for listening. That was uh, episode 84. Uh, we had a lot of fun um, recording it. I hope yep. you had a lot of fun uh, listening to it and we shall catch you next week. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers, guys. Bye.